What's up, Radio World? You're listening to the Sons of Liberty here at 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair, New Jersey. I'm AJ Malillo. I'm Steven Rombolo. And I'm Louis Biondalillo. <laughs> there he is. is. Again, we're working with a bit of a delay on our end because this is through Zoom, but it's a video conference. We're also on Facebook Live right now, so that's really, really awesome. And we're live on the airwaves of 90.3 of the iHeartRadio app and WMSCRadio.com. So we're super excited to be with you guys broadcasting uh, once again, week after week. Thanks, a big thanks to GM of WMSC, Annabella Poland, and our engineer, Adam Goldberg. Steven, what were you going to say? You were going to say something. I was going to say, it's, it's so weird because, you know, normally when we're in the studio, you come in, you, you hit the top of the hour, and then I follow it up with, you know, in the beautiful School of Communications and Media here on campus at Montclair State. And it really just hit that I haven't been able to say that, and I probably won't be able to say that, and it's a little bit sad. That's true, but we are in the beautiful bedrooms of our humble abodes. So this is true. We're, we're in the studio in spirit. Yes, we're together still, though, and that's all that matters. That How about this? We are airing live from the beautiful campus of Montclair State University. Even though we're not there. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. We're all online. I guess it is a, it's a big virtual campus. That's true. There you go. Uh, so what are you guys up to? How was this past week for you? How is school going? Any news on your fronts? It's definitely still a learning curve for everyone here. Uh, well, we are all transferring to Zoom University and it's getting a little bit difficult. Um, some of these classes are very easy to get by online classes. Some of them, they're typically offered as online classes, but a lot of my classes, usually we're in the studio, we're working either in the radio studio or the television studio. So we're getting through one piece at a time. All I know is after this is all said and done, we're going to be a lot closer when we come back in the fall. I agree. Steve, how about you? I, you know, it, it's been tough. I haven't left the house in like six days. Like I, I've got cabin fever like a madman. Um, classes are going all right. Uh, like Lewis said, it's a big learning curve. Um, all these Zoom lectures are killing me because I'm, I'm a little old school. I take notes, pen and paper. So for all these kids who take notes on their laptop, you just pull the Zoom lecture up, you type away, and you're good to go. But I'm sitting here, and I got to, like, write the note, look up, write the note, look up. So a big adaptation, but we're, we're working with it. That's fair enough. Some uh, good news. If you tuned in last week, we had a guest, Sophia Gianascoli, on. She is doing well. She's all recovered. So there's a little update on that front. Personally, for me, look, I'm just glad that the torturous month of March is over. It is April 1st, and although it's looking like these next two weeks are going to be very, very difficult, hopefully around mid-April, we start to see spring being sprung and life is back and starting at least a little bit to get back to normal. We're allowed outside. That's the hope, but I wouldn't expect it as the president has come out and said that April 30th, everything is still stay at home, lockdown, quarantine until then. 
And now one of the pleasures of Zoom is that we could share our screens, right? So let's just jump right into the news here as I share my screen with everybody here. As I just mentioned, uh, these next two weeks are going to look pretty bad. This is a CNN article, as you can see, Trump warns of a painful two weeks ahead as the White House projects more than 100,000 coronavirus deaths. President Trump has warned of a painful and tough two-week stretch ahead as he extends the nationwide distancing measures that, even if followed closely, could still mean more than 100,000 and up to 240,000 Americans die from coronavirus. It was a stark message from the president who spent two weeks, and now you can see the, this downplaying the severity of the virus and questioning the potential impact in the United States. I wouldn't necessarily That's, agree with that i will say this his exact words were this is a flu this is like the flu he right which like a, flu. a lot like of the regular flu right a lot of the lot media of was saying it, the same thing people said it no 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 the no? media is reporting that the doctor said that that was incorrect of him to say. That's interesting because I've seen multiple – I saw multiple reports in the end of February talking about how Donald Trump overreacted in January and how this – there's not that many deaths. I'll, that. Let, me, let, me, uh, <clears throat> let me pull some, some stuff up for you as we, as we talk. To, but, to, to get in between the two of you, I've definitely seen that – there have been some criticisms in January and early February about the president's decisions to uh, shut Not down international to shut down international travel in some places, saying that he reacted too early on that. Uh, but I've also seen other people be quite upset that he has not reacted to the full extent that he could have in other ways. So these are all New York Times headlines. It says. Fox's fake news contagion. The network spent too long spraying its viewers with fal false information about the coronavirus pandemic. Then it says some experts worry as germ-phobic Trump confronts a growing epidemic. When President Barack Obama contended with an Ebola outbreak, Mr. Trump demanded measures like canceling flights, forcing quarantines, and even denying the return of American medical workers. Trump's travel ban expansion is, unexpected, is an unexpected win for China. Who says it's not safe to travel to China? The coronavirus coronavirus travel ban is unjust and doesn't work anyway. And those are all late January, early February. I will say this about the president's response. I would say it went, it's like a roller coaster, Lewis. So in January, he took super extensive measures that were unprecedented in banning China, banning travel from China. No other country did that. But then in February, when we should have been working on upping ventilators and and getting supply chains and stuff like that in order, he dropped the ball completely, and he didn't he didn't act like he should have in February. He said that, it was like a flu, and that the the people were lying about how many ventilators they needed. That's dropping the ball. He's not uh, yeah. even playing a game with a ball. Well, here's the thing: at the end of February, Nancy Pelosi was telling everybody to to stay out, and you don't have to social distance. Go to Chinatown in San Francisco. She's standing in the middle there, which was one of the first cities to start heavy social distancing measures. And she says, "Ah, forget about that. Go outside. Go to go patron businesses. Do things like that." She did that late February. She was on Twitter Live here's or Facebook Live. Here's the thing. Nancy Pelosi is not the president of the United States. Exactly. She's and the speaker I, of the House of the United I, States. I completely agree. But just saying that Nancy Pelosi dropped the ball doesn't mean that Donald Trump did also not drop the ball. I, they I, both did very poor, but the president of the United States has an obligation and a duty to protect 
the citizens of this country. Did I not say that he dropped the ball? Responsibility. I, I would say it's top down of the government, of our federal government, that they did not do correct what they should have done throughout the month of February. But when there's we sh- one person who orders the directives to do the correct things. Uh, I mean, Congress can also do that, but, um, and they also drop the ball. I would say every single person in our government, except for the doctors telling people that what they're saying was wrong, every person, every government official did the wrong action here. I think that the president of the United States should have taken this more seriously than he did throughout all of February. He didn't do a good job in February. What he did in January was good. It was a good start. And then it was sort of like he jumped off when the, when the gun fired at the start of the race. And then he started walking around for like a, a third of the race. And then now he started to pick his pace back up again. Did he? Because we have more people dead now than in the 9-11 attacks. Well, okay. Well, the 9-11 attacks, to be fair, were completely I'm, different. I'm just saying, the, those are the numbers. That's the magnitude of loss I, that we're talking about. I understand that. But it at was also that not from one day. At something that could have been handled far better. Rather sure. than jumping on the issue, you had senators selling stocks and making millions of dollars. Sure, that's also an issue. And they should be in trouble for Twitter that. at companies to make ventilators before actually using the power that he was given that he has to make the companies make the ventilators. Right. But the, he, which he did, he did. Now you have a hundred thousand people who are likely going to die. Where was he in, in February? Let's remember those figures in February were in the millions. Now it's a hundred thousand, which is still too millions. many. Millions, yes. There were figures. I saw zero reports. I saw saw reports of figures saying that the death toll could be in the millions. In the United States. In the United States of America. If we did nothing, it would be in the millions. That's what I saw. And if we want to look at it, you're right. The death death uh, toll has gone up. But if we look at compared to the number of cases, compared to the per capita, we are not among the highest in recorded death per capita. So this says the highest number of cases recorded are now in the United States, followed by Italy, Spain, Germany, and France. Italy has the highest number of deaths, followed by Spain, China, and Iran. Highest per capita cases are often found in states with smaller populations, where testing may lead to more direct detected cases. The highest number of reported cases per 100,000 people are found in San Marino, followed by the Vatican, Andorra, the Afora Islands, Luxembourg, and Iceland. Of states with higher case numbers, meaning more than 1,000, Spain has the highest number of relative cases, 155 per 100,000 people, followed by Italy, Switzerland, Austria, and Belgium. So that's talking about the per capita cases. So the United States isn't even in the top, what's that, one, two, three, four, five for cases per capita. And then if we look at the death rate per capita, which... This is as from ourworlddata.org. Uh, talking about countries with uh, fractions of the portions of population that the United States has. Right, so that's I why really I said per capita, which, even, which would put that capita. into place. Meaning, meaning per, if you look at 100, if you look at the 100,000 people, right, uh, uh, with 1,000 cases capita. or more, right, then I'm, therefore, I'm right, so therefore. I'm just saying compare. Comparatively, the populations are small. So even if that number is exaggerated into real life, the application that you're making is, is a far greater jump. 
And if we look at, I, I completely disagree. If we look at the death rates in the countries too, right? Per million people, there's in, in Italy, there's a hundred and uh, I'm sorry, that's correct. There's 191.71 deaths per million people in the United States. There's 9.5. Again, that's a lot. That's too many, but that doesn't mean that the actions that we're taking are completely wrong or underperforming. We're, we're trying to do what we can. So I, think we are. I, I, I would say we absolutely are. We're doing what we can. Like you said, the president of the United States did enact the defense protection act in which he can force. Uh, is that what it's called? Was that, was that the right act? Yes. Okay. The defense protection act in which he can, uh, in which businesses are now changing over and doing the ventilators. Maybe he did. Your argument is that he did that too late. Maybe you're right, but he, he's, he's acting within his powers. And if you look at the numbers, although we don't, we want as limited death as possible on top of that, it, unless he did a nationwide lockdown with the national guard, knocking on doors and, and arresting people and keeping people in, people are going to still go outside. So it's not only that the president of the United States or the governor of New Jersey or New York or so on uh, is, isn't doing the right thing. If they say, guys, we really need you to stay inside. This is a communal effort and people aren't listening. Well, then, I mean, there's only so much you could do unless you're, you want to go full on, you know, lock the doors, National Guard patrolling the streets, which is an option. But do you want to do that? No, yes. I don't want to do it. What I, what I, I do. would want to do, what I would want to do is when the senators had the information that the market was going to crash and they dipped their stock back in January and they knew that this was a problem, acted on it then, got ahead of the curve because now we're in April and we're getting the numbers that at 100,000 to 246,000 or whatever the number is are going to die. They knew in January. They made Absolutely. money in January. Absolutely. I completely so, agree. Those so, people should be tried and imprisoned if it comes out all true as, as suspected. Sure. On top of that, if they knew that it was going to tank, you should have been able to infer, I would imagine, I don't sit on the intelligence committees, that there was probably going to be some public health fallout. And you probably should have gotten ahead of the curve on it. Absolutely, and you I completely shouldn't agree. Have sent pallets and pallets on planes over to China of the PPE that our doctors are now begging for. We Absolutely. are doing a disservice by being so behind the ball. I I agree, and I'm saying that this was, as you mentioned, the senators. The House also had had issues, like I mentioned. I think that it was top down. The government failed. From after the travel ban and placement in January, from February to March, it was a complete and object failure. Completely agree. Across the board. But my problem is that there's one person who is responsible for these things. I would say there's more than one person <clears throat> responsible because you're mentioning the senators that made money. Those people are just as responsible. They could have taken they're not, action. They're not responsible for ordering companies to produce ventilators and authorizing shipments of personal protective equipment to China. No, but at the time, the cases were in China, and we were told, and the media was, was saying that we should be sending things to China and help out. You know, this is a global world. Why shouldn't we what, be helping them out? Is that what the media was saying? That's what members of the media were saying. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so, 
but we take our political guidance and we, we make actions based on the media. If you're in the uh, government, a lot of do. people do. Yeah. You hear, you hear the reporters say, Oh, you should do it. So you go to the Senate. No, go, but oh, let's, but let's that. be honest. Let's be honest. Here. Okay. He so would you have should been... use the intelligence that you have and do sure. what you have to do to save the lives in your country, which they did not do. I, I, listen, Stephen, and I the agree. Person who sits on top of it all. My, my problem is it seems like you are unwilling to say that the president fumbled this i i said it tremendously are you no, kidding you said me he dropped you said he dropped, he dropped the, the ball. ball fumbled the ball in They're february synonyms. he dropped the ball in february absolutely oh, he botched the whole thing but he is not alone you're but, you're but blaming it all on him. yes you know why it, it, it's called there's a word for it um responsibility taking sure. responsibility because millions of people voted for you to be their president, to lead them. A sure. president acts, is supposed to act, I should say, at his best, his or her best, during a time of crisis. Right. To get the government as an entirety to move forward on a mission. And when you have a guy sitting there saying things like it's a flu, treat it like a flu. The doctors are saying this medication works. And then you have people going and eating fish, aquarium cleaner, He's he's giving unclear advice. And you know what? That is that is a terrible. I'm sorry, Stephen. You're making a lot of good points. Standing that was a terrible one. It wasn't because terrible. It was exactly a, it was happened. a terrible one. He said it, these things work, and these people read it on a bottle, and it's not the same thing. They read the word that he said on a bottle of aquarium cleaner. Right. So we should died. blame Donald Trump for that. I didn't mischaracterize it, but what I'm saying is that he shouldn't be out there giving medical advice. He's not a doctor. They have doctors for that. Dr. Anthony Fauci should be up there giving the medical advice. But I completely agree. Showing up he didn't show up to one of the events. And one, that one... He didn't show up to a few. That, the, well, like, the media like doesn't me. even want to cover them anymore if we really want to get involved in that. They, they said that we should... he sits up there and he okay. rambles. And he has the MyPillow guy come up and thank God for... Oh, my goodness. Okay, first of all, he didn't tell the MyPillow guy to do that. The MyPillow guy did that off script himself. And the MyPillow guy is making 50,000 masks for the American people. That's why he went up there. We Let's put some background on this. China. Hold on, hold on. My big point is it's the president's job to rally the government and the people behind a common cause during a time of crisis. And he is so unable to do that. And I will say that there are people in the public, probably myself included, who are so unwilling to give him the time of day because I find him to be so incompetent that he absolutely failed. And, and now you have more people who have died than in 9-11. That is... It's disgusting. That's an un... There was... Listen, he could have... Unless he shut down the country completely with the National Guard locking people in their houses, that was going to happen, Stephen. It was going to happen. I'm in agreement with you, AJ, but I think that we should have locked down everything two weeks ago. Everything. Completely. Essential, essential, essential. Everything is essential everywhere that's governor's fault and trump's fault we needed to stop this spread two weeks ago one month ago if we did that then we would not be in the predicament that we're having right now maybe you're right uh but the graphs I don't that know. you were showing before they show it they show that we should that but but can you reasonably send the the national guard 
and completely lock people in their houses for two weeks? Or would that cause riot and uproar? I think it might. You have it's to remember that riot and uproar that we're going to be in our houses for two and a half to three months. Sure. I, I think that there's the situation is messy as a whole. Like, I don't think that there is one absolute correct way that would have caused that wouldn't have caused mass panic and out and outbreaking and and rioting and anything along those lines. I think if you lock people in their houses under, you know, threat of the government's force, that's going to cause people to be rightfully frightened and and want to rebel against the government. Absolutely. I think that the biggest issue is that we're pointing fingers at the wrong people here. We're, yes, we can point fingers at everybody in the United States and the government leaders in the United States. And I would say that many of them are at big fault for this. But the biggest people at fault for this are the government leaders in China. They hid the numbers. They pretended it wasn't a big deal. And then it spread to the world. Well, just this was as... To, to go to your point, Lewis, um, this is the National Review, but they, they cite Bloomberg News. So, I mean, just so you have the context, National Review does lean right, but Bloomberg News certainly doesn't. Um, it said that the U.S. intelligence concludes China concealed the extent of the coronavirus outbreak. The U.S. intelligence community has concluded that China concealed the extent of the Wuhan coronavirus outbreak in the country uh, Bloomberg News reported on Wednesday, a classified report submitted to the White House states that China intentionally lowered its reported number of coronavirus cases, according to three officials familiar with the matter. The officials did not indicate if the report estimates what China's actual infection rate is. The news comes a day after Dr. Deborah Brick's response coordinator for the White House Coronavirus Task Force suggested the U.S. response to the pandemic may not have been as effective as possible due to missing data from China. The medical community interpreted the Chinese data as this was serious but smaller than anyone expect expected, Brick said at a press conference bri briefing, because probably we were missing the significant amount of the data now that we that we see what happened to Italy and we see what happened to Spain. China could have prevented 95% of the coronavirus infections if it had acted sooner to stem the outbreak, according to one study. U.S. officials and lawmakers have reported, uh, repeatedly accused China of covering up the extent of the outbreak. On Tuesday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo urged fellow nations to be transparent about the information they share regarding coronavirus. I would urge every nation to to do your best and collect the data, do your best to share the information, Pompeo said. We're doing that. Um, and so, so there's, uh, according to our intelligence community, China did is hiding information. And I know I saw some reports of coming out of China saying that maybe their death rate isn't even, the amount of people that they died isn't even necessarily accurate because reporters are saying and sending pictures of large amounts, lar much more than would have necessarily been needed amounts of urns in Wuhan, in the province of Wuhan. And along with that, there's been a lot more cell phone numbers dropped as because of in use or not being used further than indicates by the death records that they gave. So to your point, Lewis, I think that that is a fair critique. And if China had been honest this whole time, maybe we would have seen things do 
be done different. So I don't want to downplay that Trump, like you said, and like Steven said, dropped the ball, didn't play with the ball, didn't play the game, however you want to phrase it. But we have to look at the chain of events. I think if it stopped here, it could have stopped getting to the next section. Then if it got to the US and then Trump did something, it could have stopped here. Then if you look at Governor Phil Murphy, if he, if he started doing work even before he said, then it could have stopped here as well. There's many people to blame in this. And I don't think placing blame right now is the best thing to do. I think placing blame after the virus is gone and we place the blame in November when we vote. See, would you like to add anything? I mean, I don't disagree, um, but I think that as somebody who uh, has a vested interest in this, you know, because it affects everybody, Ooh. it's non-discriminate. Um, I, I was of the opinion that you know we probably shouldn't place blame, but I've seen enough evidence that compels me that I feel comfortable enough to uh to point fingers that doesn't mean that i'm entirely abandoning all hope that you know this guy is going to get everything right i just don't think i i have no reason to have faith at this point until i i'm given a reason and just on top of what you said lewis about wait till it's over um i saw yesterday that uh fauci the the director of you know the national institute of allergy and in infectious disease said um, that we could probably see another outbreak of this come fall, but that he expects it to go very differently because we should be prepared and have enough things to deal with it again. Absolutely. And I mean, to, to go jump off that, that's, if you look at it with the um, Spanish flu epidemic of 1918, right? There was this sort of springtime March ish outbreak but the deadliest outbreak of that epidemic came in the fall because it went away over the summer. Everybody thought, hey, look, guys, we're over the hump. We made it. But then the fall came and it blindsided them. And that's where a lot of the deaths were in that epidemic. Hopefully what happens with this is that over the summer it goes away and we can have sort of a normal summer. But during that time, we're still working on vaccines, medications, ventilator production, mask production, glove production, hand sanitizer, the whole nine yards, everything that we know we need. Hopefully, they don't drop the ball. They don't fumble the ball. They don't not play with the ball. They do what has to be done so that if we see this in the fall, it is managed, contained, and we don't have these types of issues. That's what we can hope for. We'll see when that's Hopefully they realize the mistakes that they did make and they fix that. Completely agree, Adrian. So um, I'll let you guys decide. Do you want to go talking about New Jersey or do you want to start talking about these strikes that we're seeing? Starting to see, I should say. Let's Lewis? go with New Jersey first. Let's go with New Jersey. All right. Let me share my screen here with everybody. Uh, I really like this function, by the way. Yeah, we're screen, screen sharing. sharing right now. If anybody yeah. is listening to us, but if oh you're listening, to, if you're listening to us on air, 
and you have a Facebook account in your home because you should be home, you could definitely check us out on Facebook Live because we're Facebook Live right now and you'll be able to see all of our beautiful faces and <laughs> Stephen's face as well. Especially um, Lewis's beautiful face. Right. <laughs> and then we'll, you'll also be able to see the, the graphs and the notes and the websites that we're referring to. Absolutely. So this is from covid19.nj.gov and this is a, a good graph of what we're seeing in our state of New Jersey. So as of right now, there have been 22,255 positive cases, uh, tests rather, with 355 deaths. And of those tests, 30,000 people tested negative, which is, which is good. That's uh, awesome. If we look at it, obviously you're going to see the biggest outbreak where you're the closest to New York City because that is the epicenter in the states right now. So Essex County has over 2,000 positive cases. Hudson County has 1,900 positive cases. Up in Bergen County, you have 3,000 positive cases. Passaic County, 1,400 positive cases. Uh, and, Sussex, and then if you go west, it gets smaller. Sussex County with 158 positive cases. Uh, Warren County with 96. Hudson County with 117. Somerset, again, moving back towards the um, middle of the state and New York City, Central 400. Tennessee. Well, I'm talking well, about. That doesn't exist. I'm talking about <laughs> east to west right now, Mr. Lewis. Um, 472 positive cases. And then if we come down here to Middlesex County, which is where you are, right, Lewis? That's absolutely right. There's 1,493 positive cases. And then going down. Ooh. I just zoomed out by accident. Did you say Morris up by Sussex? Uh, one second. My computer glitched out for a second here. So give me a, uh, a minute. We were saying by, uh, we were, you were saying which county? Morris County. Morris Maybe County? To the north. All right. Let's see. I can check it out if you don't get yeah, it. Yeah, check it. My computer's like glitching the, right the, now. Try to refresh that page. But wait. For everybody at home, you can see this by going to covid19.nj.gov. You can uh, play along with the graph yourself and see where Morris, the numbers are. Morris County has 942 positives. Okay. So if we go down to, to Ocean County, where Stephen and I are, there's been 1,209 positive cases. But what is important to note about that, and sort of goes along with what I was saying earlier, uh, where you zoom in on the, the hotspot on the graph? Sure, one second. Uh, I just ended the screen share. So. Uh, I was going to say, just to see the dispersion. If it, I don't even know if it shows it. If, if we go closer, it doesn't yeah. look like it, no. But um, the hotspot in Ocean County, where Steve and I are right now, is in Lakewood. And Lakewood has had a large issue. It seems like every day my dad comes home and he says, guess what? They busted another wedding in, in Lakewood. Uh, these people just aren't learning their lesson. It seems like uh, day after day, people are getting in trouble for hosting big parties and, and weddings and outdoor coronavirus parties. And Annabella just messaged us in a chat. Isn't that where a couple got fined? Couples have gotten fined. People have gotten arrested. They're being charged with child endangerment if children are at the parties. They're being yes. charged with, with, you know, the possible spread. I know that some people in cases where like they, they 
cough on people, even if they don't have the virus, are getting charged with terroristic threats. Like, Can we it, talk about that? Like, who is doing that? Crazy have, people. <laughs> have you, people. you thought about, like, because never in my life have I, in a normal circumstance, said, let me just go up to AJ and cough over his shoulder in the middle of shop rate. And now that this is all going on, people are like, oh, this is a good time to April Fool's, you know? That's a great one. No, it's, doing? it's ridiculous. And so to, to go on the point that I was trying to make earlier is that even if the governors and the president and, all, and the healthcare professionals say, hey, guys, stay inside. Don't get into groups of more than 10 people. Stay with your family. Self-quarantine, yada, yada, yada. People aren't listening. Quite oh. frankly, people are not listening. But what I think it would be the, the best measure, and then I'll let you guys jump in. In my opinion, because they're releasing low-level low uh, people that are in jail for low-level crimes and misdemeanors uh, right now because they don't want there to be a big outbreak in a jail, and so they're releasing people to, to free up space. I think the best thing, if somebody gets caught with one of these parties, somebody gets arrested for not following the orders given by the governor and the president, they should be put under 15-day house arrest. They get the anklet. They can't leave their home. We'll throw some, well, you know, we'll put some food on the stoop for them. But that way, we're not clogging up our jails, our jail system, and they're forced to quarantine because they have the anklet on. They're under house arrest. That's what I I'm think all, is the best solution. I'm all in favor of releasing nonviolent, just like drug users and maybe shoplifters and what they're doing. Um, but I just saw a report. Is it possible for me to share my screen as well? Yeah, you should be able to. Now, I know that this is a conservative website. I'm quite aware. <laughs> this is from the New York Post, but it says that sex offenders are among those released from New York jails to stop coronavirus spread. And it says about 50 inmates and it's eight registered sex offenders have been released from an upstate New York jail to stop the spread of the coronavirus. I don't think that these are the people that should be released to stop the spread in a prison. I would agree. I would say, I would say people that are in jail for like not paying child support or maybe low level drug crimes and stuff like that. Shoplifting, like you said, not sex crimes or violent crimes or anything like that. Because sex crimes are violent crimes. They, they, right, they just naturally are. Um, I, I won't say it on air but if you're watching us on Facebook Live, you can see what I'm highlighting right here. These type of people should not be released to the public. I agree, Lewis. I agree. I Steve, think, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I, I, think, I think a few things. I want to bounce around. Um, I do want to say, jump back to, to Lakewood, the law enforcement, I agree. I, I think the idea of house arrest is fantastic. I think a it should be more than 15 days. I think you should receive an actual, some kind of punitive damage for violating the order because it is a public health risk. Um, I also think I, I follow the, uh, I, I feel like I mention this every time we talk about law enforcement. I follow the Ocean County Prosecutors on Instagram. Honestly, it's a great Instagram page to follow. It, it really is. is. Good friends. I also follow it. <laughs> um, and they posted that there was uh, about, uh, I just want to make sure I get this number right here. It, they, they had a party with like 40 people. I think every person who attended should be fined. You should have to pay a fine for going out. And then whoever gets host, whoever hosts it is the one who should have the, the damages, the, the anklet, whatever you want to do. Um, 
and then on top of the the idea of releasing people i i understand it i don't agree with it i think um if you were in jail and you were sentenced to do time um you should do the time i don't think that it is fair i don't think it's very just uh to just say hey well you're you did less than this guy so he's going to sit here and he's going to continue to be at risk um but you could just go out i guess i i have a fundamental problem with that even if it's on probation terms even if it's on parole terms whatever you want to call it i i think if you got convicted and you're serving time oh well that's how it is i think i think again with people that to to bounce off your point if we did it like that if they don't want prisons to be overcrowded I just think the idea of house arrest is brilliant because it's killing two birds with one stone. You're not overpopulating prisons. You're also yeah. keeping people at home because they mm-hmm. have to be there. Yeah. Also, letting, letting are, aren't we all on house arrest anyway? Well, pretty much, but they have the anklet. <laughs> like we don't, yeah. we don't get, you know, in, in any serious trouble for leaving the house during the day. If we're like going to the gas station or Wawa or something like that. I know personally for me, my dad is still working. My mom can't drive yet because she's recovering from a surgery and she is also a type one diabetic. So she's at risk for this virus. So when my dad's at work, if my mom needs something or wants to go out and check if there's Lysol wipes or anything like that, I I have to go out and, and check all that for her. So, I mean, obviously people are going to need to get food. People are going to need to re-up on supplies during this time so people shouldn't be told you're not allowed to to be outside at all people need fresh air they should take their dogs on walks all the whole nine yards but you shouldn't be gathering with 50 people right so um i also the best advice that i heard for this and i'll let you guys jump in after this is that basically they said imagine if you're going out imagine that you have the virus and everybody around you does have the virus then what would you do? You would stay away from people. You would take, do, do all of the social distancing measures. You wouldn't be outside unless you absolutely had to be outside. So imagine, just, just pretend that everybody has it, and that way you're going to be safer and keep everybody else safe. Exactly right. Can, can I bring a, a small different topic up to the table? Absolutely. So a lot of people right now are wearing, you know, the, the – the masks that we have a shortage on right now and all of that and gloves and other protective things to keep themselves safe, whether it works or not, whatever people are leaving their masks and gloves that they have already used in parking lots. They're just dropping them on the floor. They're leaving them in grocery store carts. They're leaving them just on the floor, five feet from a trash can. If you're going to use a mask, this is going to be a, uh, a, a PSA from Lewis, not WMSC or anybody else. Throw them out. You know, like, just do yourself a favor. Do everyone a favor. Why are we littering and and even potentially spreading the coronavirus through your, your masks and your gloves that you tried to protect yourself with? And why are we throwing them on the ground? It just doesn't make sense to me. People I agree, People are acting. I think since we have people in their homes, people are just becoming – 
uh, a little stir crazy and they're just becoming a little uh, less intelligent right now. I, I think that's what it is. <laughs> Hysteria is a crazy drug, Lewis. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I, wanna, I wanted to show a graph here that our GM Annabella told us about with the covidactnow.org. And you can really see sort of what the measures and how they would basically using the measures that we we've taken, how they would um, work. So basically if there was very limited action, uh, you would see 189,000 hospitalizations by April 20th, according to this, this ranking. If you look at this dotted line here, that's the available number of beds in hospitals. So 15,068 in May, which really isn't that many at all. But so if there was very limited action to no action taken, it would have been 189,000. If there was three months with shelter in place with poor compliance, which is what we're looking at right now, by May 2nd, you're looking at 78,479 hospitalizations, which is a lot more than the beds that we have available to us, right? If we're looking at the three months shelter in place, but people are complying and listening, guess what? We never reach the number of the amount of beds. We get close to it, but there's always beds to be had, which is exactly why you should be listening to the governor's order. And if we do the Lewis Beyond Delillo method of complete lockdown in place, you look at it and it's like, barely any hospitalizations at all. So clearly that would be the safest way, but it's, I would say, not a very practical way. So that's why we have to hope people actually listen to the governors and the presidents and the doctor's orders of stay, sheltering in place, staying six feet apart, the whole nine yards. And you'll see it never reaches that amount of beds that are needed. Is there a marker on there of where we are currently? on that graph um this says today uh, i'm yeah. kind of i'm kind of confused by it like i don't know if that's where we're at today where there's you know this like, many i guess on the vertical is what i'm, I'm looking i for. think we're I, I i can't really really tell this is kind of like a little bit confusing towards or is the model. It just a projection i think this is just where we are in we're just where we are today. It doesn't say how many beds we're using and, and whatnot. It's just kind of that's the day we're at. So this is saying that the hospitals will be overloaded if people stop paying attention by April 8th. So exactly one week from today, you'll see hospitals start to be overloaded. Okay, Obviously, uh, right now they're not. So, so the GM uh, Annabella is clarifying in the chat. She's saying the vertical. Uh, Stephen, we lost you. You cut out. Am I here? You're here. You're yep. here. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say, Annabella was just clarifying in the chat. If you could pull that back up super quick sure. again. She said the vertical point is the second line and that it's a forecast model. Okay. So basically, it's forecasted that we would, as of right now, with the shelter in place being, uh, shelter in place being poor compliance like we have, we would, like it says, uh, hospitals would be overloaded by April 8th. Yeah. So basically today we're at about, this is expected to have us out for the, on Saturday, we'll say to be at 5,954 hospitalizations. 
which let me just see how consistent that is with the, uh, the COVID website. But if people were strictly complying, we would be at about by April 4th. Let's see. Uh, we would be at about 3000 hospitalizations. That seems to make uh, good sense. I, there's As not to really which one? A, just in general, just the projections. There's not a, uh, a hospitalization number on right. the website, like how many people are actively in hospitals. But based on the deaths and uh, just tests, it, it looks like it makes sense. Right. So Lewis has a list saying that the slowdown measures seem to be working in Seattle, which if you remember that uh, Washington state was the first state to take these measures because they were the first state of a big outbreak. So um, Annabella for clarification said that the ca uh, the case doubling rate was every two days since measures were taken. It is now doubling every six days. So that's good. So and, we're still and on you the see upward. that. We're yeah, we're still on the upward side, side but, but the, the rate cresting. of Right. The rate of increase is slowing down. And Andrew Cuomo, I know, said that you're seeing similar things in New York City, which is very promising because New York City is the epicenter of the virus in the United States. But you have to remember some states have taken actions far later. Like I just got a report that finally governor, uh, the governor of Florida has, uh, governor of Florida has offered the, uh, or not offered, has said that people must stay in shelter in place. Finally, after way too long of him not doing that, DeSantis finally did it. And I just got a, uh, another report that the uh, United States has just crossed 200,000 uh, confirmed cases. Right, which again, along with the 200,000 confirmed cases, uh, we are looking at how many people are being tested. A lot of the cases were here for a while. I listened to a, an interview with someone that had said it took him a week to even get the test. So that means the, that he's had it probably for seven to 10 days anyway, right? So a lot of these cases are people finally getting the tests as we keep, keep saying that, you know? So, uh, and the results are, are getting backed up as, as Annabella mentioned in our chat too, which is absolutely true. Yes. I'm just looking, she sent us a, um, if you Another, want to hop in the chat. Yes. I saw that. I, I have it on my screen here. I'll share it. Yeah. So this is, this is another graph to show the United States of America has 205,036 total cases, 191,775 active 4,516 deceased and 8,745 recovered. The cases went up by 16,000 today and 463 deceased today. So those are some more of the most up-to-date numbers that we have. It's um, interesting looking at the, uh, the graphic, you can click around and see which cases, like which countries had cases and how many are active, how many people have recovered. Right. It's a very so, good graphic. If we look over here where Italy and Spain are, obviously, uh, Italy has 80,000 active cases, 13,000 deceased and 16,000 recovered. Uh, but 
in some good news, they think that they are getting over the hump of this and they are on the right track. So I have an article here from the Wall Street Journal that talks about that once it loads here. So this is saying that in Rome, Italian authorities believe that the country's coronavirus epidemic, the world's deadliest, is slowing down appreciably after three weeks of a national lockdown. Hopefully, a hopeful sign for other Western countries that are following approaches similar to Italy's with the time lag. But Italian officials and health experts said it will take until after Easter to cut new infections enough to begin loosening the lockdown and reopening parts of the Italian economy. This is a quote saying, we seem to be arriving at some sort of a plateau, which shows that the measures are working, said Silvio Brusafaro, the president of the National Health Institute, Italy's main disease control center. Italy was the first Western country to suffer a major coronavirus emergency. Many countries around the world have emoluated, I can't speak, um, have copied its response, telling people to stay home and businesses to close unless it's essential. Italy, where the national lockdown began on March 10th, has become the test case of whether Western nations are, can suppress the epidemic fast enough to avoid deep economic crisis while using strategies less draconian than China's. So, Just scroll up real quick. Sure. All the way to the top. What do you, you see what that, you, that picture? Wh this the, picture? Yeah, of the worker cleaning. Yes. Sanitizing the, uh, the the streets, that's something we should be doing. I I completely agree. I think that people should be out there uh, sanitizing the streets. But remember, they're in a much stricter stricter lockdown than we are. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen pictures of, of like Fifth Ave in New York City with you know three cars on the road. Right, you we know, could still a, be doing it. You're right. As I say, what what a better way to get a some Americans to work? You know, you hire people to go out and do this, give them the, the right gear proper training, just get out and start cleaning the streets. And if, if, even if it does nothing, the optics for when we are able to go back outside is going to make people feel so much more comfortable to do it. I, I see no harm. I, I completely agree with you, Steve. I think that it's optically good. It's economically smart, but we are running out of time here. And I, I really don't like leaving us on bad notes. So one more thing that I would like to say is that it looks like it in production right now, and it's looking very promising, a new test that takes five minutes to get results. Apparently it's about the size of a toaster and they can produce it very quickly. So that's some good news um, to, to sort of leave this off with, but we didn't get to the strikes that are going on with Amazon and Whole Foods workers. Um, so if you want to do a little bit should. of, I, I think we could, we could touch on it in these last five minutes here. So Steve, if you want to take this, make this your vehicle to start with. Well, I was going to say that we should probably just save it for next week because oh, I think okay. that there, there's a whole lot to, uh, to unpack. To digest. Yeah. By next week, uh, hopefully we will at least see some kind of either, I, I think it's also a little bit too new. You know what I mean? The, the sure. man from Amazon was just fired, what, like two days ago? Yeah. So I think that, you know, I want to wait and see if we have mimic protests. I know, I mean, I'm basically talking about it. Basically, a guy was striking at Amazon. He got fired. And, I like, I'd rather go 
went to it in far much more detail, but I know we spoke in class last night about um, General Electric had a similar protest that was happening. At, it was literally two days after the Amazon. So I think we'd have a better sort of pool of things to, to pick from come next week, see if Amazon makes any comments, if GE makes any comments, if there's sure. any other companies that have these kind of protests. Sure. And I, I, it's important to note that I know that the other people at the station that run News Dive, which is on Thursdays, Sam Carliner and Joe Amditas, they'll definitely talk about it. They've, um, I'm pretty sure they've scheduled or I don't know if they've completed an interview with a Whole Foods worker. So if you want to get their side, which I'm sure I will disagree with their takes on it, but um, if you want to get the information, you can absolutely uh, listen to their show on Thursday if you want to. Um, I just want to throw – go, go for this. I was going to say, in the spirit of uh, leaving off on a happier note, uh, I, I'd like to share some things that some school districts are doing with their online oh, learning. Definitely. But, wait one second. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So Stephen's going to somber the mood. Then you can lift us up, Lewis. Yeah, That's what yeah. I just got from that. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because we've only been talking about coronavirus. Um, there was a bit of a, a major development that I saw that broke at the top of the hour. And I figured we could at least throw it out and maybe revisit it next week with the workers. Um, our president tweeted something a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what the right word is. Haunting, uh, uncomfortable. He said, uh, upon information and belief, Iran or its proxies are planning a sneak attack on U.S. troops and or assets in Iraq. If this happens, Iran will pay a very heavy indeed so we're sort of like throwing a call back to january when uh you know what it's lovely world, it's, world war three was going to happen in the middle of a global pandemic there's still literal war in the streets between yes. two two countries you so, would you would hope it would stop right at least for a little bit take a vacation I just, yeah i just wanted to throw that out there so so people have a bit of a heads up that uh because i feel like all the information we get all the news is corona 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 and this, like I said, a little bit sobering and haunting. We still have troops fighting. And the president, you know, agree or disagree with how he delivered the information, uh, is saying that there's a potential attack on these men and women who are out there fighting for us. So it kind of puts into perspective, you know, the, the totality of what is going on in the world. And it's not just corona. Life doesn't just stop for corona, even though it feels like it. Sure. So as we approach the two o'clock hour here at 90.3 WMSC and we're wrapping things up, Lewis, give us a little bit of a happy story as we say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, let me take this rubber band and try to bounce back from that. <laughs> uh, so um, if you're not watching me, I actually had a rubber band. But anyway, some school districts are doing this cool thing and they're calling it Field Trip Fridays and they're virtual field trips. And what they're having them do in order to get attendance for the day, they're requiring them to go either visit a university through Google Maps, visit a cool place that they've never been through Google Maps, something like that. And they're, they're physically tracking where they go and they're making sure that they're actually going to see it. And I've, I'm a karate teacher and I've been doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one classes with Zoom. And a lot of the kids have been enjoying these field trips and they're having a good time. And a lot of them actually say that they like the online learning because they get to uh, wake up later. 
But that's my story there from 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair. I love it, Lewis. Thank you so much. And this has been another edition of the Sons of Liberty here on 90.3 WMSC. I'm AJ Malillo. Steve Mabola. And I'm Lewis Biantalillo. And remember, everybody, listening is easy, but doing is harder. Have a great week. Stay safe and stay healthy.